I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And you know what happens in modern dating a lot? Things can change real fast. (laughs) We actually brought back a guest. We talked to Margot a few months ago and... Our conversation was about just like your regular modern dating conundrums and coming to these realizations about why you were feeling the way you were when it came to like dating fatigue and all the men that you were dating and why they made you feel the way you did. And, you know, we had a good conversation. A few months later, we checked in with Margot and she's back in the studio with us today and she brought someone with her do you want to introduce who you brought with you yeah I guess that the most um surprising and uh awesome part of this year has been uh falling in love with a woman so my girlfriend Elisa is here hello everyone literally I've been banging my head against the wall for years trying to date men I'm like what's not working and my first date with a woman I'm like we've fell in love in like a week. I love that in our trailer too, there was this one piece that you always like, I think you just might be dating the wrong types of guys. That's for damn sure. And it was so foreshadowing. So what's been great about this is that we have not gotten any details from Margot about how you guys met, how this came to be. So this is the first time 
Julie and I are hearing this story. But before we do that, let me just give you a little background about who Margot is. She has been in San Francisco for 13 years. She's originally from Boston and Dallas. She's in her early 30s. She's in a monogamous relationship, obviously. <laughs> and um, her little blurb to us was, you know, something wasn't working in dating men. Little did I know the problem was that I was dating men. <laughs> she said, I never could have dreamed that I would experience love at first sight with the first woman I went on a date with. All right. And that woman is Elisa. <laughs> She's been in San Francisco for two years, originally from Chicago. She's 32, also in a monogamous relationship. I should hope so. <laughs> and her blurb here is just so sweet. She says, uh, my girlfriend and I are new to dating women after a long series of failed relationships with men, which left us feeling empty and directionless. After some serious self-work and therapy, we each open up to the idea of dating women earlier this year. Yeah. This year, 2018. She was my second relationship with a woman, and I was her first. Our experience was love at first sight, and we're excited to share our story about finding Yay. love in different forms, and in our experience, <laughs> in a different gender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's rewind for a sec. Margo, after you came... For the last time to record your mm -hmm. episode, what happened? Where I had gotten in that episode is just understanding the importance of communication and not being really afraid to sort of ask questions early on, like to, to find out intentions of the person. Because I was really tired of this cycle that I was stuck in where I would start dating a guy and like either they would be like breadcrummy or just like non-committal, but it's like, you know, months in, find out that they actually are not looking for a relationship. And, you know, it was just pretty frustrating. But um, you were, you just started seeing someone, right? When we spoke. <laughs> I mean, I've dated so many freaking people at this point. I'm sorry. But, but like, it seemed you know, like this guy was different. It did seem that way. And then he was like, did the same you know, thing. I, well, I mean, I think that we did have more friend chemistry than romantic. And I think, I, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I wonder is, I wonder if these guys picked up on this before I did. Like if they knew something mm. about me that I didn't. Interesting. That like I just wasn't that into them. Okay. Everybody that I say is like, you're giving these guys too much credit. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I that think there's, there's intuition. intuition yeah. For sure. So, okay, so things obviously didn't pan out with that guy. Yeah. And then what happened? You know, I, I I honestly was really influenced by your show, and I had been listening to a lot of different episodes, and you've had some really interesting guests, like, talking about, like, polyamorous marriages and different things, and I just realized that, like, the way that I thought I was supposed to date, like, there was so much more variety and mm. depth to what I could do, mm. and, and I yeah. think that I'm very much a rule follower, so, like giving myself the space to really like explore and play and find out what was going on in my sexuality. I did go on a couple of dates with a couple. Oh. <laughs> How did you find them? Um, Bumble. It was just one of those things. And apparently they're like, yeah, we've had a lot of people that are say that they're interested, but then they won't show up for the date. So it's actually the first person to show up, oh. which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so did you hit it off with the woman there in that instance? I mean, I didn't really, you know, I, I also didn't realize that I was on like the poly version of the Bachelorette and like, <laughs> you know, it was it was very much like they were deciding who they wanted oh. to see and I was I, I followed up. You were them. being interviewed? You're yeah. Like, I'm the unicorn. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't I have some sort of say in this? You know, it's like we went on two dates like pretty quickly. The second one was really fun. We went dancing and like, you know, the three of us were like dancing on the floor like and she was making out with me and, you know, there's this old guy. Who was just staring at me? We and he's just staring at his open lamb, like moving along, Harvey Weinstein, which is mean. But I love, I love how we went from like Margot, who's like, why do guys breadcrumb me and like ghosts and mm -hmm. and why are they non-committal to like making out with a wife on the dance floor? This is amazing. Yeah. Oh, they weren't married. Oh, they weren't married. Okay. And then the funny thing is, she literally took my hand and tried to make me grab his dick, and I was like, no, you know. <laughs> It was interesting. It was kind of like not very So at that point, were you like, maybe I'd be interested Yeah, was that the gateway? Well, I think that I wanted to dip my toe in and it just felt a little bit safer to do mm. it in a situation where there was a man there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there. listen, there have been like signs all along and looking back, it's like, duh, that what, makes so much sense. What were the signs? What were the signs? <laughs> well, I think that like all my life I've just had these really like 
platonic monogamous relationships with women like you know I, I've had like best friends but like soul sisters like mm. just like the the quality of my relationships with women has been so great and so strong there's always been like the one that like is sort of like the best friend and I, I never thought about being romantic with them um and you know don't think that I could be romantic with any friends or anybody other than my girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> she's like damn right sitting right here thank you <laughs> um but you know it just it just makes sense and like when I told my mom she was like you know it does it it fits you like this, interesting this makes sense like I'm not I'm, I am surprised but I'm not shocked okay but okay but still there's there's so many gaps that we need to fill yeah. here oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah first I want to hear on Bumble when you uh-huh. match with a couple did they have a profile as a couple yeah so it was like her picture because I had opened up Bumble to men and women which one were they part of the men or the women it was her profile so it was her like a couple pictures of her and then pictures of them and then in the profile it talks about the fact that they're a couple and when you match with another female profile mm-hmm. who messages first whoever okay so the then in that yeah it doesn't, it doesn't in that situation yeah. oh yeah because it kind of defeats a, the whole bumble pro- yeah. like, you know, it's right. empowering both women <laughs> right both, both so women are empowered did you guys show. meet on bumble or where did yeah. you guys meet yeah, okay yeah i met on bumble who made me. the first move it was me <laughs> yeah i had um just gotten out of a really bad breakup where with a woman with a woman okay um and it was the first relationship with a woman where I felt ghosted so like I even acknowledged later where it was like you're not really getting back to me etc so I ended things see men and women are both guilty of ghosting okay Elisa what was your backstory like what was your relationships with men prior to women absolutely so I would say I saw dating as a chore it was one of those things where I'd always prioritize my career I moved around a lot and I just felt as though as much as I had male friends friends like I could never really find that emotional availability Mm. that I wanted in the depth Mm. and I felt like towards the end of last year I really just felt so robotic like Mm. I was I had put every year in my birthday it's like after you hit 30 you're like when is it going to happen this year I'm going to fall in love so I made a really big decision during a yoga meditation retreat some of which I wouldn't necessarily go to because it reminded me of my religious past Mm. of like going to retreats where you had to cry and like Talk about how you failed Jesus that year. So that's oh, just so like, you come from a very religious background. Very religious oh, past. Like, my mother was a worship leader. Like, oh, <laughs> My parents were deacons. Like, so there's just a lot there. And it's non-denominational, so it's, like, the fun party Christian kind of folks where they, like, have rock concerts that are actually church. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so it's a cooler kind of church. But um, there still was this idea of homosexuality um, mm. that was more deviant. Right. Okay. And, um, and it, my parents didn't necessarily say it, but I picked up on things like they would say something like Helen degenerate, Ellen degenerate instead of Ellen oh. degenerate. Oh, wow. And this wow. past year, like, oh, and, you know, in that, that past, me. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awful. Especially Ellen. Everyone's Ellen. Like, I know. I know. Like Ellen. <laughs> like Ellen. So I just remember that there was a time um, and I, I won't go too much into the story where my mom, something she missed. There was a miscommunication, but she goes, are you gay? And she sat me down oh. and I just laughed and I was like, no, no, I'm not like. But how did she ask you that? My friend came out on Oprah. Um, it literally came out via video form, and I asked her to record it and watch it for me. And she hmm. thought that that was me telling her. Oh, oh my god! So we live in Chicago, so Oprah Harpo Studios was nearby, oh. and so um, I just knew. And you know, and in that conversation, she goes, "I'm not mad at you, but are you gay?" And my dad, I call him, and he was just like crying, being like, "I failed you for men." <gasps> Past story there. Oh my god! So, um, but when she it, asked you that, you were like, "No." It, I said, "No." Deep down, you you knew you weren't, or I you, really uh, had never been taught to question my sexuality uh, and then what's so interesting uh, is I was on the phone yeah. with a best friend that I was clearly very sexually attracted to or after to be like oh can you believe this and she kind of was like uh and I that's some other <laughs> friendship I sh- probably should revisit and talk to about this but right. I'd had oh. a similar to Margot these like really intimate yeah. relationships and people would always be like wow that sounds like your girlfriend and I'm like no but I never poo-pooed it too much like there was never anything this there wasn't a controversy there wasn't a, a, like a conflict inside mm. I was so repressed uh-huh. I was so numbed but I pick up from both of you is mm-hmm. that you were told that there's a certain way and yeah. that's who you, you are exactly like from an early yeah. age it's like date men yeah well, there's the first no other 30 options. years of your life you're really taught by society who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and a lot of that is garbage that doesn't serve us but we don't question it I think really until the 30s has been really transformative for me mm-hmm. like, I've had a lot of like really deep transition you sort of st- stop believing what society tells you who you should be who mm. you should love what your life should look like and you open up to who am I what do I want and I yep. think that 
it's such a powerful thing. I would really encourage, do the work, face yourself through therapy. Mm. It's scary, but it's so rewarding. And just because it's a gift to get to know yourself. And I feel like this past year has been so transformative because I've not only gotten to know myself, but I've also fallen in love with myself. And what kind of work did you do? I, I just found there. an amazing therapist. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm really fortunate. I, I sort of reached like a, a dark place around the wintertime. I just had a really, I, I was in a really rough place and it got to the point where I really needed to ask for help. I wasn't working at the time and I told my parents, I'm like, I don't feel like myself. I don't think that I'm your bright, happy daughter. Like, you know, you guys know me and I really need help. And so my dad started bawling and called his HR oh. department and was able to provide through his insurance therapy sessions for me. And I found this woman, she had experience with um, sexual trauma, which is a big deal for me. That's, you know, there's a lot there for me mm. from being raped at 17. That's how I lost my virginity. Um, so that's been a really transformative thing in, in the way that I feel safe around men or, or unsafe mm. um, and also she was experienced you know with issues of adoption which I'm also an adoptee too so that's you know there's a lot of like relation like abandonment abandonment trauma right, and things right. like that so she knows that I had been in an abusive relationship for six years so and then when did you start opening yourself up to women so there was a catalytic event right so I after we had recorded and after I got on the date with this couple um I met this guy in Bumble and he also like within a week asked me to be his girlfriend and you know it actually happened at Pride which is hilarious um, <laughs> we were with my gungles who I absolutely love he invited me to this trip to Napa for 4th of July and you know we're, we stayed with his best friends and everybody was having a blast except for him he was just kind of sulking in the corner and we got back and he ghosted me and I was just like this is my boyfriend this is not just like I'm dating some guy this is like a guy who's asked me to be his girlfriend he just stopped texting and communicating yeah with he you? just like after that didn't reach out and then I like and, even when you reached out so I reached out and I was like, not having it, right? I'm like, this is not, like, this is not a way that you treat a person. Like, I need, like, tell me what's going on. And so finally, like, you know, 24 hours later, he sent this long, sad text where he's like, I really thought that I was ready and you, I know how amazing you are and I think you're such a wonderful person, but I'm just not and I'm sorry. And I'm like, all right. But the way that he did it, I thought was so cowardly. And I was just like, yo, pull your socks up, dude. Like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's kind of like the kind of shit that I had been experiencing for men, which was just like such weakness. And I just, I was over it. And I was like, you know what? I, I made the decision. I'm like, I'm going to just, can you know, I was exploring my sexuality a little bit before him. Like, I'm really going to commit to that. I'm like, and I turned bubble to women only. I'm like, I'm going no. to go on a date with a woman. And it was an intentional shift. And I was like, you know what? I, I might like this. I might not. But I'm going to try it out. I like the openness. Wow. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, your show is partially to think because I, I just have learned a lot about the different the variety in which there's you can really so, explore who you are sexually there's so and many types of relationships and I think when Julie and I first started the podcast we're like how many episodes can we do with the dating that we know <laughs> right and then the more we did the more other issues and topics were uncovered but so the dating we know is what you guys alluded to yeah it's like very much mm -hmm. like this is what you're in supposed the box. to do yeah meet a guy if you're a woman get married have kids like it's very mm -hmm. like robotic in yeah. a way yeah and the thing that i had really learned and uncovered about myself and what i wanted through therapy is that I, i've always wanted to be a mom marriage and, and children it's important to me mm -hmm. and it's been interesting falling in love with elisa because it just it felt so far away like that dream and that goal mm -hmm. and now it feels so much closer and of course like falling in love with a woman you have to change the way that you picture the rest of your life. But it just looks so much better now. Well, let's get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about Elisa's journey. Yeah. How did yeah. you open yourself up to women? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I mentioned this yoga meditation retreat that I went to that was like one of those things where my friend had to basically drag me in. It was a New Year's thing, right? So uh, it's like, so New Year's is just never fun, right? Like you're no. like, oh, it's uh -uh. always like you pay the package. So I was like, oh. Julie how, hates New Year's. How does one even do New Year's in San Francisco following New York? <laughs> I end up going to this retreat and it was really beautiful because they work through your chakra and a lot of it, there was a lot of imagery that came up. I saw a vision of, a, of an old woman with a gun, literally in my heart chakra, that said, not around my, my like, not around these parts. And I was just like, what the heck? What? Is happening? Like, what's happening? So people would be like, oh my God, I saw a flower or a tree. And I was like, I saw an old woman with a gun. Like, what is happening, right? And so I realized, I was like, I was so closed off. So I had all these, like, beautiful oh. thoughts. That, and so the goal of that trip was to let go of, like, past 
anger with parents, but also to set intentions to find love. So what I did was I immediately got home and I was like, I'm going to meditate all the time. Um, <laughs> decided that uh, I really had never opened myself up to that. When I was 26, I started therapy and um, I stepped away from Christianity a lot. And that was the time where I'll be TMI here, but I started watching like lesbian porn. So it'd been years, oh, years of that, like right? Repressed though. Repressed. I was like, well, this is just because it's softer and I'm uh, being uh, aggressive. Uh, and it's so funny because I have a gay friend who's like literally, so I, I how many times did I Google, does watching lesbian porn make you gay? He's like, so uh, he's like, you should just, he's like, there should just be an automatic Google or that's like, yeah. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so I knew that. So I was like, I knew that I was hunt up and all these different things. So I actually was just like, I don't know how to access this through therapy. I got to go deeper. So I went on this whole spiritual quest, past life regression, crystal therapy, chakra work, Holy everything. Cow. It would Maybe, just like yeah. unveil. And prior to that, I'd started uh, eating paleo. So I was getting like doing enzyme therapy. So my energy, my body, everything was shifting and changing. Oh. And then I was doing all this work in my heart space, right? Through spiritual advisors, Reiki, etc. Um, got really, really intentional about being vulnerable and opening up. And so I decided, let me open up to dating a woman. Went on my first date with a woman. How many and years I, ago? Was this was, no, no, no. This oh, was, this, this is this year. year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This, this is all happened this year. Basically <laughs> since 26 <laughs> when you started looking at like lesbian porn to now. So six this years later. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah. Took, a, I took my time. I so <laughs> I actually started dating a man towards the beginning of this year. Okay. And he had everything that I thought a man, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. So he's Dominican and he talks about his mother and he loves his mother. I'm like, this is great. But I'm so friggin' bored. Oh, and I was like, okay. me, and that was the catalyst I needed to be like, I'm done with this. Like, he's a nice guy, but I'm wasting his time. He's wasting mine. Let's end it. And so I went on a date with a woman. Like, pretty immediately, I was like, I, you know, of course, I was like shallow. And I was like, what do I even like? Like, Yeah, I, yeah. Not, it's hard right. to be a yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, because I didn't necessarily look, look at women adoringly. So yeah. I was just like, well, this woman, it's pretty. And all right, let's go on a date. So we go on a date, and I liken it to getting along like a house on fire. Like, she literally had an aura around her. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. And then immediately I was rejected. Like, immediately she was like, not interested. And I was like, let's keep doing it. I think I went on so many dates with so many straight women. Because I don't think Bumble is necessarily the place, although I was like, yeah. Oh, you think it's a lot of people exploring? Exactly. So I... So you're like, no, you're straight. straight. (laughs) So I met a woman who I just thought was like, you know, she was very curated, very goddess-like. And I was like, she's the one. And she immediately... Immediately really was affirming and liked me and I sort of fell in love with that idea of like who she was because she was very much a lesbian since she was like 11 so I was oh, like this gonna show, show me, me the was, way she was the best teacher and then it fizzled because even though everything was changing about my life physically even my job was changing I started uh, joined this coaching program because I want to be a leadership coach uh, my values didn't change mm. and she did not align with my values oh. at all and so it took me a while to be like actually no you don't just put someone on for size like you remember who you are to the core. And so when I saw Margot's uh, Bumble at it, I think it said like LTR. I saw Boston. And oh, I my friend Worcester. had just rewritten it. She did a great job. She didn't even write her profile. And it's a girl who I just met. She's like, listen, this is going to, and it was kind of aggressive sounding. It's like, you like, you know, Cuba, like Jamaica, like, you know, Cambodia. It's just like random countries. Like there that LTR really dot, like, is that mean you're from there? Like this? Did you go there? So I always saw this long-term relationship in Boston. I'm from the East. I went to school on the East Coast. I was like, that's great. She was beautiful. And at that point, (laughs) once I was, like, heartbroken, I realized, I was like, the only way to get over someone is to get under someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I want the values to align. And I sort of of had to undo and, like, unlayer myself from this other person. And I did a bit of Reiki and healing work to try to get over that. And so we met. um, And actually, around the time that... You broke up with Ghosted yeah. was the literally oh, I, I was the demise of my relationship yeah. too. Interesting. So, so you like aligned at the oh, same time. It was time. so hilarious because she was just like, "When did you break up with her?" And I was like, eh. "And at that point, it was like a few weeks." Yeah. Before. Was it like, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and Margot, what was it about Lisa's profile that caught your attention? I other mean, than she's beautiful. Other than the fact that she's smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like the most beautiful. I know. You guys are so pretty. Our couple here. <laughs> Gabe I mean, Bay? Is that that's the Gabe tag? Gabe. <laughs> so we're, yeah, I mean, we're having our, our joint coming out party on Saturday um, next week. And we call it Gabe for Bay. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just like she, she was gorgeous. She just seemed really nice. She seemed like a kind person. Like a what was soul. it about her profile? 
I forget what you had written, babe, but, like, and the funny thing is, like, you sent me a picture of yourself before you came out, and she had, like, straight hair and stuff then. I looked super different. I don't even, I didn't even recognize that it was her. I lost 20 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a really interesting. I didn't even recognize that it was her, but I'd seen her profile before, like, I think a while back when I was just like, I wonder what the women look like on here, so I think that I had, like, seen her profile before, um, so Mm. it was interesting, but I just, I, I don't know, I think that I just recognized her, it's like. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, I have not been very spiritual in my life, and I've sort of, like, been repressed in a lot of ways. And, yeah. like, one of my best friends always makes fun of me. She's like, every time I start talking about astrology and stuff like that, your eyes just glaze over, and you're like, whatever. <laughs> um, and now, like, I'm getting super witchy, which is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys matched. Your matched, profiles yeah. matched. Mm-hmm. And then who, like, who made the first move, who initiated, and then how it did was, you guys meet up? It was me. And what's interesting is I, like, had the lamest pickup line so I think at that point I was like just going through dating like I was just like trying to find love again and just being Mm -hmm. like I just found out this thing about myself this person opened me wide open and now I'm like I like in like coming out to being split wide open yeah and especially having sex with a woman for the first time was like transformative so (laughs) I said you know let me just like get up go on as many dates as possible Mm -hmm. so I think that week that we met I had two other dates so Whoa! Week. Yeah, I know. And this is Margot's first date. My first date ever with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did I, you have any expectations going in on both I sides? Told her, well, so we had been texting a lot like the day before, and like it was just so fun. Like we had this great conversation. We, had such we a really fun talked. Time. I've never been so excited to go on a date because in my dating life, like I've always been like, well, you're not a person until I meet you, mm. you know, which is kind of a shitty way to think about it. It's true. A lot of um, people think that way. Think yes. A lot of people think that way, but I was like, she was, she was somebody to me. I cared about her before I met her and it was just like, yeah, I mean like walking up. We, well, hold on. I oh, feel like something yeah. to be mentioned was that we texted the, the oh, night and the night before, for some reason, I took some time in my journal to write out <laughs> 10 things that I was looking for in a person. Oh, I still oh. Read that. I know. Wait, yeah. so what was your pickup line? So I <laughs> the lame pickup line was like, how were you, how was your weekend? Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. 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 Open and she almost immediately, like, I think we started talking about you going to a Giants game and I was like, wow, yeah. I'm like a bandwagon fan. That sounds fun. And we talked about Boston for a bit. And then you were like, do you want to grab a drink? Oh, and I was like, and then I actually do this thing where I'm like, if this is a real thing, I was like, you're going to text me at this number and confirm. I was like, yeah, so here's my number. Please Uh text me like now so we can connect. Because I felt like that would be better, and I put mm. the, the onus in her for it to like. Mm-hmm. And then she did. She yeah, no, that was yeah. Great. Of course I did. I so, wanted to meet her. I should mention that like we were having this great conversation via text, and I was like, oh my god, I need to tell her that this is the first date with a woman. I wanted to be <laughs> honest with her, and I was yeah. really afraid to tell her that because I didn't want her to be like, you might be straight, like, right. you know, or just yeah. like, you know, have that fear going in. And I and I told her, and she's like, come on in, the water's fine. And I just thought it was the sweetest invitation. <laughs> so both of you said it was love at first sight. Describe mm-hmm. that first meeting. Yeah. I walked up from, like, the ferry building to hard water, and she, her back was to me, and she was wearing these jeans, these, like, cute little ripped up black jeans, and this, like, flowy white shirt that, like, was, like, fluttering the breeze and, like, opening it. I'm like, hello. Oh, my God. I just want to point out that on no man, no man would ever remember the outfit. No. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember, like, the vivid best. details yeah. about it. You know? I'll never forget. And, like, her curly hair was just, yeah. like, I was like, I'd oh, be like, I, I, I remember what she wasn't wearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, her shirt's all, like, Flapping open in the back, I'm like, wow, she's really sexy. Mm. And and like you know, and then she like she had her sunglasses on too, and she's like, I'm sorry, I just got LASIK, I can't take my glasses off. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I was like, here are my eyes, like I'm not yeah. being weird because I know that can be a little bit. And I think yeah. we actually there was a few times that night where you would sit across from me and you're like, this feels adversarial. Like, or I'd yeah. be like, I'm not being vulnerable. Like, we just really well, these are conversations you not with a guy. <laughs> conversation was all about like the the it really important and interesting correlation between strength and vulnerability this ties to your first episode because yes. you were like i want to get to that immediately yeah that was your whole episode yeah yeah mm-hmm. well it's just like you know that's the most important thing that i uncovered in therapy is like when you own what makes you vulnerable, when you own what you feel shameful about, when you own all of your vulnerability, it doesn't disempower you anymore. It becomes yeah. your, it becomes your power. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like it's such a that's a great point. Liberating thing. It's like I can take over the world now, and I and there are risks sure involved. Like I, when that happened, like around Pride was 
the demise of that relationship. And I think like part of, of the, my past relationship ended because my parents, we had to stop talking to each other because they mm-hmm. were being so hurtful. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, as of last week, I hadn't spoken to my parents for two months. Oh, well, because of this. Because of this. Because, because of her coming out. As yeah. a, they, they had a delayed reaction six weeks later. So while my mom was like super cool at first, oh. she started using the word shame and what am I going to tell people? And this is the worst betrayal then. At oh, wow. So that was really, really tough. And so I shared that with you pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And I think you said something like really, you're like, I truly believe that you will come together stronger. You said something that I was like, you don't even know me. But I, I realized I like once I was vulnerable with that other person and I recognized how she just did not show up and then to have someone on a first date be like, you cried actually. Because Probably. I was already so Probably. used to telling the story. <laughs> Sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> people ask me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not just talking to my parents. I'm like about to cry there, now. There was a while there where I would cry every time I mentioned yeah. it. But I didn't. I was able to create enough space to kind of say it jokingly and you just stop and you're like, I'm so sorry. Can we take like a moment? Like you just said something really important. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. We even read poetry on the first day. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's is- like, <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> So if you haven't dated a woman, I suggest you try it. <laughs> I know. I'm like tempted to open up my phone. I know. Just look you for women. Just, listen, try. Why not? Okay, so one question that I'm sure people have. Um, how is sex different? Like, oh, how do you yeah. go from yeah. dating, like hooking up with men to not? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about our current sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. Now, I don't really know my way around the kitchen. Sorry, ex-boyfriends. But we absolutely loved using Green Chef because the recipes are quick and come with easy step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Now, some of you know Julie has been doing a paleo diet, so love that Green Chef offered everything from paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore meal plans. Also, with a variety of organic ingredients, we felt great about what we were eating and how it got on our table. And the best part is everything is handpicked and delivered right to your door. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep so you can live your life and then whip up this amazing meal. For dateable listeners only, you get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Go to greenchef.us forward slash dateable. That is greenchef.us forward slash dateable. Now back to the show. How is sex different? Like how do you go from like hooking up with men to not? That physical attraction. Because I can see all the, I totally am on, like I get all the mental aspects of it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, first of all, I was, I was intimidated by the vagina factor. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, like what it tastes like. Had you, had you, um, had sex with a woman before? I had had a threesome before. Kind of, it freaked me out. I was just, you know, if you are considering a threesome, I would recommend like maybe not doing it, but. That's another been different for you. I liken my first time with a woman to being split wide open. 
Um, and those words, like, it literally, it was like, I think the next day I was just like, I wasn't even able to like, me and my friends always got together for dinners on Sunday and I was moving at that point. So I invited them over and my friend talked about a shitty date with this guy and this other girl talked about her finances. And then I was the last one to give an update and we had, I'd had sex the night before. So last night and they're like, oh my God, you buried the lead. Like really this whole time you're just like, oh, finances? And you didn't tell me and I was just like, and I literally was like shaking. Like it was just like literally like. This monumental experience. Interesting. Um, I mean, sex with Margo is way better. So I was like, I know, but like basically our second date, you stayed yeah. over. Yeah. So first date, there was no kiss, just no. a hug. Well, I mean, she knew that consent was really big for me because like I've, uh, I've had sexual trauma. I, like, I, you know, I'm a survivor of rape. It's like consent is really, really important. And she picked up on that. And it's like, it just, the whole thing was so amazingly consensual. Well, because I actually, just so I know. intuitive. Well, well, yeah, I was that's say. I feel like <laughs> yeah. so much more. I asked to hold your hand. And this met, was a second date. You asked to hold her hand. We Netflix and chilled, right? So we're <laughs> watching a show that you wanted to watch. <laughs> Wait, at and whose I, house? At my house. Okay. And I remember after I held your hand for like 20 minutes, you were just like, but when do we kiss? Oh. <laughs> at what point do we get to kiss and you said oh if there's consent then right now yes and she just like pounced on me it was great <laughs> so I think quickly I was just like we're not gonna have sex tonight or I said something like that because you I, said it I did because I really I was just like yeah. hey by the way like I think that this is good if we like wait and you're like absolutely because you're made attacked out of, to like yeah. you know like people are gonna the fear in me was that like if you sleep together too soon then she'll go away. Well, that's because always that, the fear. Yeah, that's, that's, always, that that's what society tells you. Right. But it's also been my experience with men. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, even when you're dating for a while, like, you know, when you finally put out, like, they just abandon you. And for somebody with a, like, who's adopted with yeah. abandonment trauma, it's really, really painful. Yeah. So... I didn't want, I, the fear in me, and she recognized that there was fear in me, and said I didn't want to lose her. But then we continued. And yes. <laughs> and, um, and I, and I like, didn't want her to stop it. Like, I didn't know if I even liked this or wanted this that, you know, at first before I met her, but I was just yeah. like, wow, I really want this woman. Like, it was so really just, hot. <laughs> just to ask another logistical sex question, because oh, yeah, I'm just oh, super sure. curious. How does it work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, like, another, another, another fear of mine is I've never been able to get myself off. And that was actually like my New Year's resolution this year is that I wanted to learn how to get myself off. Mm. So I was like, how can I possibly? It's a good New Year's resolution. Girl, <laughs> yeah, you but waited I, this long? <laughs> oh, I, I, I still haven't figured it out. Like, honestly, like, I'm still working on that. On your own. Although, right, well, (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm pretty happy in that, you know. But anyways, like, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to please her. And Mm. I was really scared that, like, if I couldn't give myself pleasure, how was I going to give another woman pleasure? Interesting. Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. It's the same anatomy. Yeah, like, how would you do Yeah. Wait, so then how did you guys navigate around this whole thing? Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Give us the We want to know. So, yeah, so we were on my, like, really awkward couch. And so I think at one point when we were making out, I was just like, let me, like, actually, it'll be easier if you just, like, lay down. Uh-huh. So then I think I I asked very like consently to like yeah. is it okay if I take this off etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I didn't have her worry about my situation. My mind, <laughs> I, I didn't have her go down on me the first night because I just felt like let's focus on you. Oh. And I and also like wanted not, to get waxed. <laughs> and I wanted to get waxed. Well, thank you for sharing that, baby. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. It was almost like a, it was almost like a known thing. I was like, if I don't do this, and I won't have sex. I do this yeah. all the time. Yeah. If I don't shave my legs and I don't wax, and then you're like, oh shit, I allow myself. It's a so, safety mechanism, yeah. yeah. So logistically, I mean, I don't know how deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's get deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you focus on like, I mean, so I went down on her, mm-hmm. and we also did a lot of like interesting grinding situations. And I think yeah, that's she, what taught, was she taught me how to scissor. I had a scissor. How do you um, scissor? So oh, do you want a demonstration? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> give, a, give a verbal for our listeners. Yeah. So it's like so if you think about two scissors, right? Or like if you yeah. think about like two triangles, right? Or like two V's, if you will, and you V's, put yeah. them together at their point, uh-huh. that's scissoring. Uh-huh. So, so, so you're rubbing um you're rubbing, rubbing your G spot. Exactly. Now the Very one thing about scissoring that's good to know, oh, this is because we've been working on it together. Because yeah. I will say to be quite honest, like, the woman that I was with didn't really allow me to pleasure her. She was always focused on me. Oh. So that was really awkward. So this was super fun. Like, I feel like what, sex with Margo is amazing because it's so explorational. We laugh a lot. Yeah, it's really together. Like, we're just having so much fun. And so and I'm like, boobies are great to play with. If you haven't tried playing with boobs, I really recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she really likes my boobs. Um, so, 
they're basically, <laughs> it's like you're coming together at your center, obviously, and the best way would be for her leg to be on my shoulder. Okay. Because oftentimes the clit on women, one might be in the front, the other the other might have it in the middle. Oh. And so oftentimes oh. you're not really making okay. connections if you're, there's not some level of like, oh. and it's great if you could also like press them together so there's like a right. lot of that and then there might also be things like you're penetrating with fingers or with your tongue right, etc yeah. right which so has the, always been my favorite parts of sex like i've never really okay. loved the penetration part like the that's penis, what i was gonna ask yeah, it's like, like if you miss that oh like, no 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 and i tried <laughs> it, which is funny because like the reaction that i've gotten from people like just reaching out to me like you know i mean we came out like publicly on on facebook and stuff like that and the amount of men who have reached out to me to be like, hey, if you ever need a third, ah! it's unbelievable. Oh my God. And, like, Are you and it's just like, it is the most ridiculous response oh to like, because like, we are in a monogamous relationship. Like, really? Yeah. That is just like, and you're making this about yourself. Like, that is. You've the most, become their fantasy. It is yeah. the most, well, yeah. I mean, who can blame them? But like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's the most misogynistic possible response. And I'm, it makes me so angry because I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why? If I was like, I'm in a relationship with a man. That would never be a thing. Right. If no. you saw a guy with his girlfriend, you would it's never like, hit him up be like, if you ever need a it's third. It's like, you know what you lesbians need is a dick. And it's like, no, actually, that's the point. I don't want that. I don't need that. You know. But penetration is an option. Yeah, have absolutely. You guys, have yeah. you guys done so, that? Penetration with fingers. I feel like we're yeah. both really small women. So, like, yeah. <laughs> even then, like, when I would have sex with men, it, like, generally hurts. So, yeah. it's actually, like, oh, perfect. Okay. Like, it's great. Oh. There's really... And so, I mean, I, I don't even... There's, like, no need to, like, spice things up. Because I feel yeah. like no two times are the same. So, we were in wine country yesterday, and we got mm-hmm. a little excited in the bathroom. Ooh. Yeah! yeah. I think you... T- oh, yeah. You messaged me on Facebook, sex is better without the bullshit. Oh, no, no. No, 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 <laughs> no. what I said is better sex, but without all the bullshit. Like, you know, <laughs> all of the, like, you know, oh, my god fear of commitment and like you know all this shit like that's just like ridiculous it's like pull up your fucking socks guys do better honestly (laughs) the amount of men that have just tried to make me feel that i'm not worthy of their love or their loyalty and have really tried to convince me that i'm not good enough now i have proof right it's like i know that the quality of my love is really magical and really good and i have the love of a great woman there's nothing better in the world and it's like how who would deny that but what is interesting about both of you is that you have an anger towards men, but mm-hmm. Elisa, you don't. I don't. No. I feel like, uh, I honestly will say that my dating past has been with, like, lovely men. Mm. Yeah. I, do you know how many times I tried to, like, I, I was, like, just trying to slot them in. I'm like, you're nice. You're Latino. You seem to be kind to your mother. But it never worked. I just uh-huh. never was, like, either yeah. turned on or I just Had felt like they would, they would come to me and be like, do you even like me? And I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is this? And yeah. I really thought I was asexual. Interesting. <laughs> So crazy to me because she's a very sexual person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yours is about finding yourself. Yeah. Yours is about more feeling safe. In yes. A, in a There's secure... a, there is a lot of really, and my dad asked me, he was like, you know, do you think any of this is just because you have been unsuccessful with men and like you've had some like really traumatic experiences? And I'm like, honestly, no. I think that Elisa told me early on, she's like, we're all souls. And, you know, I just, I found the love of my life and it the form was surprising that she's a woman is surprising but awesome I had got to the point with my therapy and like with all of my introspection where I knew what I wanted I knew that I was ready for love I know that I knew that I wanted to have a family and all that stuff and I was just able to be open to the form that I took and non-judgmental with and I think that's the power and how long did it take for you guys to say I love you to each other one week one oh, week yeah. she, she actually I had gone to a Reiki session where I'd gotten like all of these images of us getting married and I was like hold on I think I did this wrong I was manipulative around the images that I got and my Reiki specialist was like no that was your higher self like oh. creating an intimate manifestation like what could be and so this idea of building and manifesting had been really big for me and I shared part of that with you mm-hmm. you wrote a poem and sort of at the end of the poem you said something like I'm falling in love with Elisa but you didn't mm-hmm. say it you said the last part I don't want to share with you because it might be too soon and I don't want to freak you out I wasn't afraid of scaring you because you had shared images of like me in a wedding dress with me Fair. So maybe I scared I you wasn't, no no <laughs> well the, the story of that night is it was like I had just started a new job and I was just exhausted I was really tired but I called Elisa on my way back home and just talking to her was really energizing and I was like I need to eat like I'm starving <laughs> 
and she told me about this thing and it was one of those things where I was just so tired that like I took it in and didn't really process it and then we got off the phone and I took a bath and I was listening to the song and it just reminded me of, it spoke to me of her and I raced out of the bathtub like dripping wet and crossed my living room to like write this thing it just like poured out of my fingertips and it was wow yeah it was like very very strong and everything really solidified for me then wow yeah so that happened and I was just like okay like don't share it with me yet because I'm very reasonable I'm a program manager so I'm like let's take a moment uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and have breaks on things. And so the next day, following sex, you I looked at you and something like hit me and you were just like, What just happened? Like I saw it happen. I, said, I saw things. it happen in her eyes. I saw I'm feeling moment. something and she's like, What is it? And I was like, Love and you're like, Yeah. Wow. And I was just like and it was really crazy because it was like it literally felt like this physical yeah crazy experience um but it was also the first time that i gave you an orgasm i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> she, she likes to take credit for that yeah yeah i mean you hey you guys seem good. so in tune with each other yeah <laughs> like, like on the same page. i know it's like, are we even here yeah. are we here <laughs> <laughs> are we doing a podcast right now my other question how does your family your family feels mm-hmm. how do they feel about this and have you talked to your family further well my parents are all hippies so <laughs> they are just really happy that i'm in love and i think Aww. um it, it's been like this thing where we're sharing our joy with the world mm-hmm. and we're so we are just so fortunate to have found each other gay for bay gay for bay and share what your mom said the other day after we saw that apartment uh, when I was walking away what did she, oh yeah yeah so so yeah my family is closing on a condo that it says like my parents are gonna be my landlords but um <laughs> it's an awesome place and I'm so excited and so Lisa went and saw it with us and then um we were in a cafe just sort of discussing like are we going to make an offer like what's going to go on and um she had to get back to to work so she was working for my house that day and so she left and my mom just like looks after her with this like really huge smile on her face and I was like what's going on mom and she's like I just really like her I'm like yeah I'm like I'm like yeah me too and she's like no no no. you have to like her I don't have to like her yeah I just really really enjoy her presence I think that she's you know and and my mom has said before she's like I have to, like, keep on telling myself that you guys haven't been dating that long. Like, I don't get to claim her as, like, my daughter yet. But, like, oh you know. God, she's, she's, like, oh really God. on board. Yeah. Um, she's Penny all about like, it. You're like, yep, I'm away with yeah, parents. She's <laughs> all about yeah, it. Of course. I mean, how could you not be about this when you see us together? But, um, yeah, so my family's been really, really supportive. One more yeah. thing about family is I have, I have a bubby who's 99 years old. And she's been very homophobic in the past. Like, mm. I have. Um, well, generation. Yeah. My, my uh, cousin got married to a man and she, like, boyfriend at the wedding and stuff. So I was really afraid. I framed it. I was like, you know, I, I'm really afraid to say what I have to say to you because our relationship is so important to me Mm -hmm. and I really love you and I don't want anything to create distance between us um but I have to tell you that I've fallen in love with a woman and and then I left it at that and my dad's like learn more I'm like okay and I like gave gave her this story and whatever and what she said was shocking to all of us she was like Margo I love you just as you are Mm -hmm. and I am just so happy that you're happy I think that right now you're really exploring who you are yeah she was just she met me with so much grace she was like I just I just love you so much and Mm. nothing's gonna change that I'm a little bit afraid because she's been calling me this weekend she's like well I've been thinking about you a lot and I'm finally ready to really talk to you and I'm like oh shit is she gonna like am I gonna have an Elisa situation where like she comes Mm -hmm. back and it's like a little bit hurtful but um also I just want to honor where she's at and what she's seen you know yeah. she like I think was born the year the Titanic sank or something yeah. so <laughs> how long have you guys been dating? About two months now. Two months? Yeah! Okay. <laughs> so this is like a newbie the part you met the parents oh wow. yeah it's all awesome. said I love you yeah okay, so what about we your parents? We spent two weekends in a row with my family and like it's just it, it's been great magical. yeah um so for my family as I mentioned so six weeks into me coming out there was a lot of reaction so my mother kind of so I took some time um, apart from her. Unfortunately, my dad tried to preach to me, mm. and it was really awkward. And I think, you know, really I understand awkward. that they, um, this is new to them. Like, right? yep. we're in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They're in Chicago. They've been mm. in a religious past forever. So different. Like, yeah. Programmed, right? And right. a lot of, I think in a lot of ways, like, my mother was very open about being like, I feel like it was my, it's my ego. I know it's my ego, but I just can't oh, get ego. past it. Acknowledging that she's, that this is ridiculous that she feels like this. Oh. And so, what I what can I, see that. I right? can definitely see it's my powerful. ego. Yeah. I can see my mom feeling the same way like like you're like, like something went wrong yeah so she did something wrong or that like she goes I know I'm being ridiculous and having a problem with this but mm-hmm. I just do and I'm, and you know like the parents, outward appearance like all that yeah. what do I say how yeah. do I explain with my father I think there's just I think there's a lot of shame and so mm. I recognize I'm and I'm still struggling with my shame yeah mm. so I had to offer grace there and say 
I love you so much that I actually don't want us to be hurtful to each other. And I also think she wants to serve this supportive role for me, but she can't with this. And I told them, I was like, you don't have to accept who I am. You don't even have to defend my choices, but defend me. You always have defended me. And so, you know, they have sort of wanted access to me over this next, this last two months, but I reached out to them recently and said, if you're honestly willing to like be open with me, do not be fake. We can chat. So I've been Mm. having conversations with my mother father not yet um I think there's a lot there where he feels my, my father was not the the most faithful so I think mm. he feels as though he sort of demonized me towards men oh. and that's actually probably what delayed me coming out is because I in years of therapy I was just like why can't I get over this I've already forgiven him well no. I didn't realize like no because you don't want to date men <laughs> <laughs> okay. and you should and everyone should have this exploration yeah. it doesn't need to be necessarily that you're dating the the same sex but just being more open to like yes absolutely Absolutely. i think this situation is no different than someone like sticking to a specific type and then one day being like a race and then one day being like i want to try just someone completely different takeaways yeah let's do some yeah fantastic conversation yeah what are some of your takeaways Julie, people always think we share a UA studio when they come over, so oh, maybe that's our sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm still single in ten years, um, <laughs> no, but I think... don't wait that long. I feel like the, uh, the there are many takeaways um, as usual, but. One of the biggest takeaways I think everyone should be thinking about right now is being open to exploring who you are. And I think you said something in the beginning, Margo, meet yourself. And that's something that we don't do very much. Like we go out and meet other people. But when when was the last time you checked in with yourself and was like, hey, Yue, who are you today? You know, like who, if you were to describe yourself to someone who's never met you, yep. how would you describe yourself? Yeah. So we got to- Face yourself head on. It takes courage. It's it scary, takes so it. much courage because a lot of that comes from pain, comes from mm-hmm. anger, comes yep. from shame. shame. And if we don't uncover all those issues, then we just end up avoiding them and, and just burying them deeper and deeper and deeper. But we carry those into our relationships. Yep. And then one day, the deeper it goes, the harder it explodes, right? Mm -hmm. So one day, all of this comes out. So it's always good to just check in with yourself, meet yourself, face yourself head on, and be open to exploring who you are. Get to know yourself. Yeah. I think my biggest one is, in the same line, is like what society is telling you and what you're family is telling you like I can relate to this because my family has always been like marry a Jewish boy like mm. that's always that's been it narrow. like yeah yeah and then I dated an Asian guy in college and then from now on it's been date someone white it could be yeah like we mentioned like it doesn't necessarily have to be gender and lesbian or gay relationships it mm-hmm. could be just changing your type changing the race like you don't have to do what your parents have told you all this we time. internalize a lot but we're all very easily influenced by people that that we know love us that mm-hmm. have our best interests but sometimes what they their worldview doesn't necessarily serve you yeah and i think also just things have changed like we talked yeah. about on this podcast like what you heard margo is like there's not really that one traditional relationship anymore. Like we hear of people in triad relationships and polyamorous marriages, like all different sexualities and gender fluidity. Like there's not really like a one size fits all. And our parents' generation, that just didn't exist as much. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily know. Coming out to my little sisters, I will say like, I was shocked by my 99-year-old grandma. I also have two sisters, um, one of which is going into her second year of college, but the other one of which just started high school. And their reactions were just like, oh, yeah, okay, can I talk about what's going on in my life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, uh, no big they're deal. They're yeah. more comfortable with the fact that sexuality is really fluid yeah. than we are. But I think when we're talking about being open and being open to other types of people that you're dating... It's not some, like some people feel like, okay, I usually date guys who are six, four and above. I'm going to open myself up to five, 11. That's not being open. I think being open to other types of people should make you feel a little uncomfortable at first, right? Like going to to challenge yourself and say, Ooh, I never, I, I don't know. This makes me feel a little bit out of my comfort zone. Then you know you're being open. However, don't, like, exoticize or fetishize something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem, too. It is. Yeah. You can't go to, like, there's still a human being, and it's about yeah. opening yourselves up 
or humans not just to check a box. We're, all, we're, all, we're all just souls. Well, yeah. what's interesting too is like even on these online dating apps, like my friend really, you know, I was getting over this last relationship and I was like, but she gave me gifts and she gave me this. And she goes, Lisa, you have to look for the intangibles. Yes. The values. Yeah. And so yes. I was like, how do I look for that on a dating app, right? Like yeah. how do I look and be like, do your eyes open to a good soul? <laughs> do and you so, look kind? Right. Yeah. And like, and that was really important. And so I think like that is like really powerful. It's just exactly right. So I think in one of your, your uh, episodes, you mentioned like the idea of a laundry list about what you're looking for mm. versus a laundry list of what you're looking for in a relationship. Yeah. Yes. And after that podcast, I wrote that list. Good for and you. after that list, I met Margot. So I oh do God, think that I the love power it. of just like really reframing the way totally. that you it's think all and about turning reframing. it on its head. Totally. And it will be uncomfortable. There's been so many times where, I mean, I think the first date you were like, you kept saying like, oh, this is so amazing. Like, how are you feeling? I'm not sure. And generally I would respond to that, but I was mm. trying to be more honest. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, it's great. And so finally I go, honestly, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and you guys were vulnerable. I think this yeah. is always my problem with men. I can be a little bit, in, I'm a lot, I'm a tiny person, but I'm a lot coming at you. Like there's a lot of energy. <laughs> it, wasn't it wasn't necessarily that. It's just that you seem so solid and present and vulnerable. And I was literally terrified because I was like, I wasn't expecting to meet someone. Yeah. That I've gotten this feedback from men that like, they're like, you're so sure. And like, that makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm okay. Well, then, then, you know, that's not the right person. Yeah. Right. They're well, I think that's what it is. That. Like you guys, like, I feel like there's been a, like, we talked about just finding that right person. Yeah. Is so whether, whatever. My half orange. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What <laughs> It just shows you this story is not about being gay or straight. It has no. nothing to do with that. I've actually heard this story from a really close guy friend of mine who dated a man in college. And he said, I didn't think, I didn't put myself in the gay category or the straight category. Mm-hmm. I happened to fall in love with someone who happened to be a male. In a the, lot of people think yeah. that way now, too, especially with, like, bisexuality, too. It's, yeah. like, just about, you guys have said this a few times, the soul of the person. Yeah. Not necessarily. I'm not, necess- I, I'm not, I'm not at the point where I want to say, like, I am a lesbian, although I might be. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, like, it doesn't even a, matter, right? definitely um, identifies as a lesbian. I don't necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just have found the person that I want to spend my life with. And she's a woman. And that's, she's a woman. You know? That's okay. And that's, that's great. And I, Better than okay. And I think it's like people always say, this is the type of person I picture myself ending up with. Yes. How can you picture that person? You haven't even met that person. You should be thinking about the person I'm going to end up with will happen to be whoever. When you're looking for that person, it's not like you're looking specifically right. for these physical characteristics. Also, like, also qualities. look for the values. And like, yeah. I think that there have been a lot of times in my dating where like I've ignored the fact that the values are unaligned. Um but the values matter so much more than the physical attributes of a person. And, like, you can't get around that. Like, because that's something that's core and it's intrinsic. And it's something that's going to be more of a problem over time. Yesterday, we're in wine country, you know, surrounded by a lot of white people. Yeah. And you talked about racism in America. But mm-hmm. I was just, like, looking at her, like, this is my girlfriend. I'm so proud to be oh. with you. Because, like, you know, it's like you have these, like, you, like, say what you really mean. And, mm-hmm. like, you... And I feel support in that because especially we are in an interracial relationship yeah. and we've already we're, had We're reactions. checking a lot of boxes. Yeah. We're getting a lot of reactions. We're getting we're a, lot of a lot of reactions from men who can't have access to us or who might see me. And so they're... We're experiencing a lot of male rage when we're together and we're being openly in a Male rage? Yeah. I yeah, was... I was scary. This, this man said he was going to fuck me up in the mission when he saw Wait, us together. Yeah, no, okay, in so, the mission? So, yeah. no, we should, we should really tell the story. I mean, so we, like, the first oh, weekend that we spent with my parents, we had this, like, magical weekend with my parents, and we experienced three, three different situations of bigotry, one in Sonoma County, one in Marin, and one in the, in the mission, like, you know, which is funny because we had this amazing weekend. It was, like, this dude's coming in here to throw it off, but I think the most yeah. potent one was in the mission, where she walked, you know, she's amazing. So she walked me to the bus in the morning so that I could go home and walk my dog and go to work and stuff. And um, we were just like, we're holding hands. We're just, you know, sitting at the bus stop. And she kissed me. And then we hear this person talking and, and it's like, oh, are you a man? So what? He said, no, he was like, you in the glasses. And she had sunglasses on. And we're like, oh, he's talking to us. And he was like, He's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up. I, I can't believe like, this happened in the mission. I yeah. think it was maybe coming this down from Barcelona. This happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if it's happening well, we, this we, much we, in San Francisco, yeah. I imagine other places. Yeah, but, yeah. I never really thought about having safety issues as a lesbian relationship. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I remember, it's I remember men can't access you, right? So that's, a, that's something. Oh, it's like, well, gosh, they can't understand, serious. right? So it's like, how many times have you just been harassed? But can you imagine if... 
someone who is of that mind sees two women together like so, so the normal issues women face alone it's like amplified when you're with another woman and wow. she mentioned this impact bay area self-defense course there's an lgbtq mm-hmm. course and the oh. focus whereas the the regular course might just be focused on one attacker the focus for the lgbtq course is actually focused on group interesting assaults. so when a group assaults you and i, I think in this huh. experience it might be more of the the gay man but then i recognize i was you know i do this often where i worry about the other person and reality it's my own concern so I project that on you so I remember just being like she's not going to want to date a woman mm-hmm. because you're going to be targeted in this way mm. like this is you know having just come out and I call her or she calls me and she's like hey I'm, you're really being triggered by this and I was like I realized I felt disempowered because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. how would I have protected her protected myself and I recognized I was going through a good amount of shame from my family, from the world, yeah. and now yeah. I was seeing it. So I'm like, oh yeah. God, is this my future? We like, both we both had worries about like being perceived as being um, like a sexual deviant, and also because like neither of us has been sexually attracted to a person ever. So it's like you kind of fear like your own sexuality in a way. I can't believe this is happening in 2018 in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco. This is just I mean I can't even imagine other places. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that, like, now, you know, and I really had to check my white privilege as well because, like, I've been targeted for my size. I've been targeted for my gender, but I've never been targeted for my otherness. And mm. this is now a part of my life, and I really had to, like, be like, wow, Margot, like, you have lived your life as a white woman who dates men, and this is a shift. And, you know, bigotry is just something that we're going to have to prepare for. And mm. I think that's that's the thing is it's, there's different, you know, there's, and self-defense teaches you is that there's a lot of different, like, um, forms that it can show up in, and, you know, there's mental health issues, there's, like, a lot of different things. Sometimes people are just being dicks, and you have to shut them down, but yeah. sometimes, like, you know, this guy who, who attacked us on the mission, he had his hands in his pockets, so we didn't know if he had a weapon, Yeah, like, we really had to defuse that situation, and the, the thing, for me, what happened is I felt protected by her. I felt like, if I was alone, I would have been really scared, but I was with her, I felt protected, and I also felt protective. Like, if he had come at us, I would have fucking killed him. Like, I would have moved heaven and earth to fuck this guy up, like, because nobody's going to touch my woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt this, like, overwhelmed. Like, I had this whole argument with him in my head on the bus as I, like, went back home saying, like, hey, don't, don't you threaten my woman. But I knew in that moment, like, my instincts are pretty good, and that's one of the things in therapy. You learn to trust your intuition and your instincts Mm -hmm. because – you have a strong moral, all of us have a really strong moral, like, internal compass, and I knew that we just needed to disengage him, and that he was going to go away, but Elisa was like, you know, we should go to a different bus stop, and I was like, we're not leaving our space, we Mm. have every right to be here, Mm. we're not going to move. So, what, like, to wrap up with this, like, what other advice would you have to anyone that is kind of struggling with their own sexual identity and wanting to explore? Yeah, that's beautiful. I would say, um, really get to know yourself. Um, you know, I remember I kept walking Bernal Heights Hill every time, like every, every day for like a week. It was like a really weird thing. And a friend joined me one day and I remember there was just, that's when I had just gone on a date with a woman and I was considering the thought of like adding a man. Cause I was like, Oh, like this is, you know, I'm fluid. And I kept saying I'm fluid and until I realized I wasn't. And so I remember we were walking up the hill and I'm kind of talking to her about like what I'm going through. And she goes, are you questioning your sexuality? And I was like, I am. And recognizing that that was, that I had the full space to do that, that I'd never done that. So mm. I think like just really understanding who you are, like now yeah. in retrospect, I see all of these clues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that that's really, so I would say like doing the work, asking for help, like so many good friends, mm-hmm. like so much vulnerability. I was always in the role of healer and helper. And so recognizing that I needed to be vulnerable too. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're feeling shame around this, like find your community. There's so many resources here. In in San Francisco, there's like a lipstick lesbians meetup in Oakland that we should maybe hit up. There's LGBTQ Center um, in Castro. We walked through the Castro this week. Like every major city at this point. We we had this amazing day in the Castro today. We immersed ourselves in our lesbianism. Like I want to find our people. And we like made friends with this beautiful Beautiful, like Dominican gay man, and like we're just. I'm gonna ask a really ignorant question, but do you ever, do you ever have the fear that maybe one day you would miss the presence of, of a male? I've asked her this. She has the fear that I'm gonna come up against this, Uh um, which is a legitimate fear. But I feel so much relief. I Mm. mean, I, I like that's when people ask me, like, you know, oh, do you think this is just because you've had like really horrible interactions with men? Um. 
No, I mean, I think, I, I you know, the more that I'm talking about this, I'm like, I think that I actually am a lesbian, <laughs> but, um, but I, I feel so much relief, um, in that I get to spend my life with this wonderful person, and, um, there's no part of me that, like, especially, like, let's get into the details, but, like, sexually, like, I am so fulfilled, like, mm. you know, I just feel like the penis is really kind of unnecessary for, for a lot of people. And like, you she know. mentioned that. She was just like, the penis was never the part of sex that I enjoyed. It wasn't. <laughs> cool. The penetration, like... That it, should be a sign. It, yeah. it, it should be a sign. strap on today. And I was just like, I mean, and you're like, we don't need that. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. If you want it, then I'm happy to... Hey, oh, we'll better now. <laughs> <laughs> We're exploring. But I mean, I think I think the thing is, like, I'm, I'm really feeling relieved that I don't have to, like, be end up with a man. I'm really happy with the way that my life looks with Elisa. Um, and I would say, like, you know, in terms of advice, if you're struggling with your sexuality or who you are, just try a lot of different things. I mean, and, you know, I will say, like, the vagina is not scary. It's not, um, you know, it's it's delicious. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it depends on whose vagina. I mean, let's fair. Yeah. All right, all right. You know, just, just, just really be brave. Be nice. brave. That's great. I think we want. We should end with that. Be mm-hmm. brave. And here's another notion we should all think about: new thoughts lead to new results. Mm-hmm. So the the more you can change your mindset, the more you'll be able to see a change in your life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for coming and telling us your love story. We believe in love again after a week. (laughs) (laughs) Very expedited. I love that. It's expedited, but then we had to really be like, okay, now we need to balance it out. And like, we're building something here. We're building the foundation on which our life is going to be. So that's like, that's a really, you know, I've been in the building industry for too long, but like, you got (laughs) to build the foundation really, really strong in any relationship. Like, you can fall in love fast and that's okay and that's great and I think that you should never like limit the way that you're feeling but build that strong foundation because the rest right. of your life is going to sit on that and that yeah. foundation and totally. it's, it's powerful it's important if you have questions about you know Margot and Elisa's um, journey I think it's good that we can always connect you guys yeah, I think it's no, good to have, find we're really happy to I feel like you guys are the poster child yeah. for anybody <laughs> going through this and, I'm also yeah. in, into coaching and yeah. also I'm uh, leading a talk at Lesbians Who Tech in New York because um, I'm in tech as well and so I'm happy to provide any resources coaching support mm-hmm. wonderful going through this. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And we can link you guys um, for anybody interested. And also um, anybody who's, you know, who's struggling with a history of like sexual trauma or like any adoptees out there, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I, I would love to provide my journey and my support. Always know you're not alone in your journey. You're yeah. not alone. There's other people who are either going through it or have gone through it. So mm-hmm. you can always find your community. You just have to go out and seek it out. Totally. Yeah. And your story is powerful. Your story has value and it has mm-hmm. value for other people. The way that your story can help others that's like that really drives me absolutely absolutely thanks again for coming oh, yeah. on our oh yeah show. i have oh. a blog too that's oh, i forgot yeah. about it yeah <laughs> Let me your blog. i have a blog called the real adventures of miss margo and it hasn't i haven't done my coming out post this is actually kind of my coming out thing but Ooh. um i will and i think that it's just like it, it the the reason that i started it is because i realized that some of my experiences can really, like, have helped other people. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And what I would have given, like, it, when I was in the depths of this abusive relationship to hear a story like mine, I always was like, I wish there was an instruction manual on how to leave your boyfriend. Mm. And I didn't know how to do it because I was so young and I was so entra- entrenched in it. But I think, like, you know, our stories have real power. They have real, mm-hmm. real power. Um, I'm just excited to share mine with with y'all yeah we'll post we're gonna repost some of yours as well yeah we're really excited we're really excited and happy for you guys so yeah we're happy to be part of the dateable family yeah yay Yay. um for listeners at home if you have your own coming out story we want to or if you want to come out on our show even better (laughs) we'll do a coming out episode for anybody interested. All right, on that note, let's wrap this up. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to think back on the last time you truly felt like yourself. When you were so comfortable in your own skin and you felt liberated to be who you are to the core. This is exactly the feeling you should have with the right person. So 
jot down this memory because a lot of times we lose our own identity when it comes to dating. So list out all the things you were feeling, describe who you are, your most authentic self, and now you have a great basis of how to assess your future dates. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with datable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 